Hey Swifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is The Swiftcast coming up on this episode. We have a new map. The event only Crit City is tight, twisty and fast. 2019 is almost done. We look back at the year on Swift and forward to 2020. And Swift's second sport, running. What does the future hold? Plus plenty of Zwifty chat. I am double delighted to welcome my two fellow Zwiftcasters to see out 2019 and maybe think a little bit about 2020. All the way from Wisconsin, the voice of Zwift, Nathan Gary. Yo, dude. Hey, how's it going, Simon? Very well, thank you very much. Approaching the shortest day, which is always a good one to get behind you. Fresh from travels to two continents, Europe and America, the Lama himself, now safely back home in Melbourne. It's Shane Miller. G'day, mate. How are we doing, Simon? And I forgot to check before we started recording, am I allowed to do this show without pants on? Because it's really, really hot. So I'm going to call this Pants <laughs> Off Friday. A, a, a town right near here has just hit 47.9 degrees Celsius, 47.9. The town that I'm in has just topped 40 it's hot. Pants are off. It's Friday. I'm not surprised. Pants are off. I fought in See, I mean, that's that's like that's uninhabitable stuff, isn't it? That's that sends your power meter calibration out. That's in that. That's not time. No time to ride outdoors. No way. <laughs> Anyway, Shane, as I hinted out there, a few days at HQ for you. Um, what's new in Long Beach, bro? Lots and lots and lots. Of new people, lots of hires. I think yeah. Swift topping 300 now, I think. But what's nice is to walk in there. Now, I've been visiting Zwift on and off for about four years, I think, um, for when there were a size company of 15 or so people. So it's nice to walk in and see those original faces and then the other 50 that I met the next time and the other 100 I met the next time and the other 200 we saw at the offsite. Great to catch up this time of year with everybody. Um, lots and lots going on. Um, lots we can't talk about, lots we can talk about, but lots of planning for next year as well. So all things... Um, that people will hear about upcoming in the Zwiftcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got I got the same impression. I happened to be in the London offices last week, and I mean that play, it, it was absolutely humming. Uh, there was a real sense of a company on the move. Lots, as you say, lots being planned, and again, lots of people being hired. Lots of decisions being taken on the shape of Zwift in 2020. Uh, I think we probably do have a lot to look forward to next year, starting with the tour to Zwift in January, which I think will be massive. But let's kick off this episode with a look at Crit City, an eSports-inspired new map, a shade under 2K, 2 kilometres in length, pretty flat apart from one sprint climb in one direction and a bit of a draggy ascent in the other direction, a couple of tiny rollers and lots and lots and lots of corners. Like the Bologna map, we can only ride this in events, and plenty of Zwifters took the opportunity to do so the other weekend, including one Mr. Guerra. So uh, just take a listen to this audio. This is Nathan's race in 45 seconds. There's a few words at the beginning, but after that, um, not so many. Holy crap, dude. Okay, we got to move forward fast. Now we are on a 34 tooth MTB. So might be a little bit spun out. <clears throat> Guys, I'm spun, trying to get there. Got the wrong bike. Forgot to switch bikes. Okay, that's one more lap on the board. <laughs> ah! All right, let's go! Come on, come on, hang in there. Ha! Ah! And we're there. Ah! Oh my gosh! Uh, that looks and sounded, Nathan, like a big effort, man. Have you recovered? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been training pretty hard recently. So, I mean, I that was my harder effort last week. I do probably two, maybe three sometimes. Once in a while, I throw in a fourth race or something. But uh, it was a shorter effort. I mean, it's 20 minutes or so. So, But it was pretty all out the whole time. Um, weighted average, I think, was pushing 300s or something. What was all that stuff about the wrong bike? 
So up front, I was like, oh, I got a 34T. Yes, it was the wrong bike to maybe win the race. And that is true also. But I also was looking in the game once I got halfway through. It was like, I'm on the specialized, I believe I was in the tarmac with the 808. Or no, not with the 808, with the Melensteins. I'm on the climber bike because I went to go do uh, Zwift, um, up the Zwift a week ago or something like that. So I should have had 808s um, with uh, one of the other specialized bikes to, And I was really frustrated because I'm falling off the back going, is this little bit making it so that I can't, and I'm spinning at like 120 RPMs, like almost all the time. Cause I got this 3014 mountain bike. It was really hard. It does sound like your, your race pep prep was somewhat lacking there. Uh, I did, I did ride it. I didn't race it cause I'm, not in race shape at the moment, although I, although I, there are signs that I might be getting towards race shape, but not not in race shape at the moment. So I just kind of rode around it. I really enjoyed it, actually. Uh, I spent an hour, actually, just lapping it, uh, amusing myself by trying to get up that sprint climb in under 20 seconds. I think I had about eight goes at it, and my best attempt was 20.17, I think. So I didn't quite crack the 20 second thing uh shane you ridden it mate do you like it yeah i did i did but uh, back to your form there simon uh, are we potentially going to be seeing an ftp increase post by you over on zwift riders soon <laughs> we love those <laughs> never 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 no no if no, you no, improve no. By at least two that, months, you have to post i'd have to reveal what it was currently to show the increase and the shame would <laughs> the shame would be too much so no definitely not yeah look with all my travels i finally got onto the course uh yesterday it was um i did a solo course with nobody or solo route with nobody else around just to get my eye in because i wanted to look sideways because when racing's happening you never look sideways it's about the race so i did uh, a lap and a little bit having a look at all the features of the course and what is hilarious is they've got the whole big stage with esports happening on zwift um, and the z jumping around on stage and people racing zwift on zwift whilst i was riding zwift taking a video for youtubers to watch who zwift there was a lot of Zwift going on it was quite funny actually so i did one lap solo to have a look at the course and then i entered a c grade race because I didn't want to get shot straight at the back straight away. I'm sharing that same might be coming into form. Still don't have a lot of form at the moment. Uh, trait with you there, Simon. And I raced two laps and then I pulled out and let the race go off. It was really good though, because my concentration was that of a crit. Now there's no cornering, there's no elbowing, there's no braking, there's no risk. So there's not that side of it, but the positioning, being up the front and making sure you're putting on the watts or taking off the watts, not being on the front, but not being off the back, that was all there. So it was very, very busy. And with those corners, it's going to make a lot of people throw up, which is fantastic because throwing up is what crits are all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that and crashing on corners. Um, one thing that sort of surprised me, Nathan, because it's already implemented in-game, there's, there's a curve in London that does auto-braking. I was surprised they didn't just throw auto-braking straight into this. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, we'll see. how. I think maybe they wanted to see how the climb in the middle affects things, especially with those two little bumps that, uh, coming around to the finish banner. And if they threw too many things in at once. So it's like, I don't know, add a variable, see what happens. Add another variable, see what happens. Add too many variables. You don't know which one's doing what, Yeah, yeah. you know, like, yeah. so perhaps that's what this, if I give the benefit, essentially it was just wait for the climb and we did it. Uh, no, you know, no Fort Bragg or anything in 16 seconds, a little bit under 20, Whoa. but <laughs> no, but we were amongst, we were riding with, and that, that a race, it was like some of the top, BRT riders, Canon ZCC was there, like DBR. I mean, it was like esports teams were showing up at the top A level, and I was just hanging on, like literally, like the whole time. But um, they, and if you if you did it with a race, I bet you you would get it eighteen or something, Simon. I bet because I, I you know in, in a pack, I could probably yeah clip, for sure clip maybe two seconds off that. But anyways, I digress. I think that. Um, adding variables and just seeing, you know, what that climb was doing in those two bumps. But yes, I would agree a hundred percent that the grace probably would have broke up more and there would have been way more opportunities provided each lap for somebody to attack and attack and attack. It definitely felt like a crit. It could feel more like a crit though. I think if they did add some of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Shane, one thing I noticed, and, and, and this is not a criticism, actually, because I think this this map was produced in pretty short order. I think it was produced pretty fast. I noticed lots of borrowed assets. So I swear to God, I saw bits of Harrogate in there and bits of Innsbruck and a building I recognised from another map. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm certain there were some, some pre-existing assets 
uh, put into this. But do you know what? It didn't bother me in the slightest. I don't think that's a, a bad thing at all. Do you? No, not at all. And that was one of the first uh, things that I noticed on course. It looked a lot like Innsbruck. It looked a lot like, um, I think there was some elements from London that I saw there, but that may be just the textures and things. What it's all about is the terrain and the variance of corners. And ultimately for a race course, it's about the quality of racing. You can be on a boring, boring, boring racetrack, but if the racing's exciting, that's what it's all about. So I think that's what they're aiming for with this. Um, but the little things on the side, the Zwift van makes an appearance. I think I saw the Zwift van in um, Yorkshire. It's it's pulled up there at Crit City um, and the main stage. But those big screens, they look awesome. That added the atmosphere. Now, I'd love to see what they're going to do with branding in the future for this. I mean, this is potential. This is all just up in the, I'm guess, guessing here. But if I was to come along and say, hey, look, I want a GP Llama race, brand the GP Llama everywhere and have llamas running on those big screens. Could I do that? I mean, it's absolutely possible in game. So, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned those big screens because I'd, I'd actually forgotten about them. But they are actually, they are a terrific feature. I mean, the the, the very first time I rode past them, I thought, why am I not seeing myself as I, go past, <laughs> as I go past the big screen or seeing my avatar as I go past the big screen? I don't know if you remember Tax, the Tax's first ever virtual world in TTS 2 or something. I mean, this is years and years and years ago. They had a velodrome and they had a big screen at the end of the velodrome where you'd expect to see a big screen in a velodrome. But every time your avatar passed the big screen, it popped up in the big screen and it looked really cool, actually. So that was my first thought. But Nathan, they could make great use of those big screens, not only for branding or or, or vanity reasons. uh, You could put lots of interesting stuff in there. That's actually the image grabs I I did for the broadcasts um, and some of the video... Uh, that we made. So I, I thought those were part of some of the coolest features were the big screens. One note, one thing I definitely want to note as well, when you said the borrowed assets, it, uh, I didn't realize it till just now that what it hearkened to for me was like Blizzard World. So Blizzard made uh, a, um, in Overwatch a, some, some maps to compete on that borrowed assets from all of the Blizzard um, games and started put them in there. And I feel like this is like a Zwift world. Like it's like, and and, and I like it a lot. Like it's like a, like in the way I like Watopia, but almost more because I feel like I'm in like Zwift culture. Like there's all these different maps that are all coming together into a Zwift world. So I think Crit City could also kind of be called that it feels like in some ways. Um, It harkens to grabbing a lot of Zwift um, memorabilia and culture and putting it all into one place. Mm. No, I mean, I think what all three of us are saying is if you need to, you know, borrow assets and nick things from here and there to make us a map quickly, uh, don't worry about doing that, guys. That's 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 fine by us. It works really well for me. Shane, it'd be nice to see it a little bit more often than we see Bologna. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with the scheduling of this because I had to wait till I think it was three or four hours between races for me to jump on course and record my ride through in a race. Um, is, does Bologna still exist? Is it still around? It, it's kind of... No, no, it's still around. You just never see it. Yes. Yeah, so I, I don't want Crit City to be that. Um, maybe there's future expansion for Zwift to be able to do more scheduling of races. So it might pop up there. So it's, you know, you build it and they will come in the future. I think that's where this mm. might be heading. Okay. Well, I mean, it is an esports inspired track. Uh, I think we, we all like it. We all like it. As ever, we're greedy and impatient and we'd like to see things like auto braking and maybe even steering. I mean, steering would be such fun on that. Uh, and maybe that will all come in the future. Be be nice if it did. Um, 2020 is going to be a very big year for esports in Swift. I think we'll see some in-game features that will really help that enterprise, but also benefit ordinary Zwifters, and I, th- I think Crit City's a bit of a, a, um, a harbinger of that. Uh, there's one particular new feature that I do know is being worked on, which is extremely exciting. I wish I could say more, but I can't. Uh, but I think it's coming soon, and not as Zwift soon. I think we might even see that maybe January, February time, so stay tuned. Okay, let's look back now on 2019. I'm going to get some thoughts from Shane and Nathan, of course, in a moment or two. But here's my review of the year in Swift, and I've been joined by my good friend, Eric Slanje from Swift Insider. (laughs) 
Welcome to the Zwiftcast 2, Eric Schlange, Editor-in-Chief of Zwift Insider. A good, mm, it's your morning, my afternoon. Greetings anyway, Eric. Hello, Simon. Nice to nice to be hanging out with you. You're always a very welcome guest. Um, okay, we're going to do a mini review or our mini review of the year in a moment or two. But first, I, I can't believe you're not already a member of the Zwiftcast Peak Zwift Guessing Game Club. You're not. So permit me to extend an invitation to you, my friend. Simple rules. I'm sure you know them. You just have to register your guess at the highest number of concurrent users on the platform, which we reckon, because it always has been before, will be sometime in early January. Um, so before I give you some range-finding figures from other esteemed club members, Eric, I'm thinking you're quite well-placed to be on the money here, my friend, given the insight you get from watching your traffic on Zwift Insider. I'm guessing there might be a bit of a correlation there. I, I can definitely track some of the stats, but it's not like my user base is directly linked to uh, to Zwift because we we have a lot of the dedicated Swifters, but not so much the new ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But are, is your traffic showing the kind of uptick that everything else associated with Zwift appears to be doing this winter? I'm seeing uh, in my own traffic probably around a 30, 40% year over year increase. Wow. Well, I'm sure that probably doesn't, as you say, correlate directly to new subscribers. But obviously, uh, it's 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 the right shaped graph, I would think, for um, for HQ. Okay. Well, look. Here's the state of play on Peak Swift Guessing Game. Uh, revered blogger and god of all sports tech, Ray Maker, went with twenty one thousand concurrent users. That's the top guess at the moment. The Sage of Wisconsin and Voice of Zwift, our friend Nathan Guerra, reckoned it to be 20,000. I was doing my usual kind of play it safe fence-sitting thing, a strategy which has served me well in the past, and I guessed 18,000. Uh, Mr. Lowball himself and custodian of the world-renowned Llama Lab, our friendly Australian Shane Miller, was playing it super cautious at 16,666. So, Eric, Zwift Insider, uh, definitely got the credentials to join the club. Let's have your guess, please. I'm going to go with, let's see, we're going to, I'm going to go with a 40% increase year over year. Doing the quick calculations here. That means I'm just over you, Simon. 18,000 289. <laughs> well, I, 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 I admire your precision. I must also say I admire your methodology. And, uh, you know, given the extensive testing you do on the properties of bikes and other things on Zwift, I'd expect no less. Excellent. Okay. Well, you will be registered. And um, we always think around about the second week of January for Peak Zwift, but we've probably got to let January play out to be absolutely certain. So uh, results shortly after that. Okay, Eric, let's move on to our kind of mini review of the, of the Zwift year. Um, and, and the format here is two things that bring us joy, balanced with one thing that's been a bit annoying. Um, I'll kick us off. This may not surprise listeners, but the thing that brought me joy was, of course, the Harrogate slash Yorkshire, Yorkshire course. Uh, beautifully executed, gorgeous art, interesting course itself, both to ride and race. And of course, my hometown. So there's plenty of sentiment in that choice for me. But you know, there you go. Um, I enjoy every time I ride it, which actually probably isn't enough because it's rarely on the schedule. But that's a minor gripe. It's a lovely, lovely piece of work and truly enriches Zwift for me. Over to you, my friend. It is a beautiful course. Uh, you know what it's not beautiful for is me racing it, yes. where I get <laughs> destroyed every time. But uh, yeah, I. It's it's a beautiful race course, kind of like Richmond, where it's it's just laid out to make really interesting racing. So yeah, yeah I enjoy it, and I really enjoyed learning about the course through your eyes and through your experience. It's been a lot of fun. Well, that's very kind of you to say so. I mean, it is a tough race course in Zwift and in real life. And, and I guess that's kind of the reason I like it so much, really. It, it, it was just so faithfully executed. Okay, your first nomination for the Zwift thing that brought you joy this year, Eric. This one is, it's so old, people may not realize it's a year old almost, but World Choice was rolled out. I believe in January, last January, and that brought me a lot of joy. I was, I was one of the guys griping about it, especially on Richmond days when it was just a conga line basically around Richmond of six thousand Swifters. Uh, but yeah, Zwift adding World Choice opens up a lot of ro roads, making them easy to to free ride. Uh, and it's it's not necessarily true World Choice because it's just 
a guest map on Watopia, but it's certainly better than just having access to one map. Well, let's just open this up for a very brief discussion. Do you think they could now afford to have a choice of guest courses? So always Watopia plus two. I think they could, especially again, we're, we're back to the point now, the last, the last Richmond day, a couple of days ago, I was on Richmond and I was thinking it's, it's a conga line again. Uh, one of the things that's interesting is Zwift defaults to the guest course. It doesn't default to Watopia. And I'm convinced that there's a good percentage of Zwifters who don't realize that they can pick Watopia. So you've got a lot more riders on the guest course than I think you would have if they understood that. Yeah, not 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 helped. It must be said by um, how how might we describe this kindly? Not not the clearest bit of of the UI for me. That uh, I mean, one is sort of grey and one is not so grey, and it, you, you're not you're never quite sure. Which, I mean, even I'm never quite sure which one I've really selected. I, I'm amazed how how many Zwifters still ask, "How do I get on Watopia?" It's still a thing. And I'm sure Zwift understands that. They know that. Well, we know there's a UI uh, refresh coming. I'm pretty sure that's one of the things that's going to be looked at. Okay, on to my uh, second uh, uh, thing of joy. Uh, uh, People might find this a slightly strange one, but uh, it's just so important. Uh, I'm bending the rules just a fraction here. This was announced in mid-December last year, so it just creeps in under the within the last 12 months category. And it's the money raised by Zwift in its latest funding round, $120 million to be specific, and that money is being used to grow the company. I think it's really important to make the distinction here between the growth of Zwift and the development of eSport. I mean, the funding round attracted a lot of kind of publicity and it was widely reported as having all that money or much of that money going into eSports. And I, I don't know because I, I don't get to see how they how they allocate the money, but I'm pretty certain that it is that's not the case. I think it's, it's just a portion that's going into eSports. Um, and for sure, most of that money is going into, into the growth of the platform and the growth of the company. I think we're now up to around about 300 people on the headcount, actually. Um, I think we saw some evidence of the available resource to Zwift uh, with their TV advertising blitz around the Grand Tours this summer. Um, And that really does look like it's paying off this winter. And a well-funded company should be able to deliver more of what the subscribers want faster as well as more subscribers. Uh, You really, really can do very little these days without the revenue that uh, is needed for development and growth. Uh, and 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 um, and that subscribers bring so more subscribers equals more development of growth and I think that that kind of theory which is not particularly revolutionary was um, was proved by the demise of Virtugo last month I mean just not enough subscribers couldn't raise funding and um, sadly they they disappeared so that cash in the bank is super important to all of us Swifters I think that's my second joyful thing yeah it's it's good to know especially when you're in our position. Simon, where we're we're creating a lot of content around Zwift and and hoping that it, it survives and thrives for a long time. It's it's good to know that there are people in uh, at HQ, Mr. Min especially, who's who are working hard to to keep the company funded and looking at long term growth. That's that was a big plus. Mm. And indeed, the, the external validation I think that that brings as well. Um, Eric, you know these people are not easily parted with their money, and they must be they must be convinced. So you do get that kind of that there are people on the outside looking in, way outside the Zwift bubble, who who think that what Eric and the team have built here is worth investing in. And uh, without sounding too sappy about it, you know, I, I, I genuinely think that's really good news for for all Zwifters. Yeah. Okay, my friend, your second joyful thing: <laughs> uh, route achievement badges. Riding the route and getting a little badge popping up with little XP bonus. Um, Mm. This might seem like kind of a weird one to highlight for the full year, but I've been amazed since they rolled them out. I think it was October, early October, they rolled out the first badges. And I've been amazed at how much, uh, how much people enjoy chasing the route badges. I've, uh, I pushed for more carrots. I I keep pushing for more carrots uh, on Zwift, but it, it's nice to see that there's a lot of people that agree with me that they they enjoy having carrots to chase. Uh, and Swift just in the last update they added badges for all the routes. So there's I don't know 65 badges or something like that. Um, so I've got a lot of writing to do. I don't know about you, Simon, but I've I've got a whole lot of badges that I need to earn. 
Well, I mean, it's a funny thing, isn't it? But those kind of things just don't motivate me. Uh, maybe I'm just lacking in imagination or something. I don't know. But <clears throat> but they don't really. But I absolutely concede that they do motivate a lot of people. And, you know, maybe I could confess to small feelings of joy when I do get <laughs> when I get one or two of them. But I wouldn't set out to collect them. But, hey, I know, I know lots of people uh, that, that is a big motivator for them. So... Good. Okay. Well, that's an interesting second one. All right. Well, um, on to the things uh, that um, that have been a bit annoying. <laughs> uh, here's mine. Uh, it's a bit of an umbrella thing, this actually, but perhaps best exemplified by the totally infuriating distance bug. Um, and the umbrella thing is bugs that have crept into the game and not been squished. Um, so my most annoying thing is is definitely the the long running bugs. The Distance bug, I know in the last update, uh, has apparently just been fixed. And I know it's also had a lot of attention at Zwift. And I know they've probably been, well, I'm sure, actually been as frustrated as everybody else by it. But, man, that was torture for Swifters. I mean, it could almost have been designed to kind of wrench your cycling soul out of your body. A winning line that keeps getting further away. I mean, what what could possibly worse? That, that was a, a horrible bug. Anyway, you know, in their defence, I, I do know that they um, they hated it as much as everybody else, and and I know they did work hard to to get it fixed. But did they fix it soon enough? Well, probably not. Actually, uh, I'm sure it was no result, but you know, it was a bit of a long runner that one. And there are a few other long running, annoying bugs in the game. I mean, I know another one that. And I don't even know whether this is a bug or a feature, actually. But but having to log out as we have to kind of do anything different uh, is is another one that that, that really gets um, gets people's goat, I think. So long running things that don't get fixed. That's my that's my annoying thing. How about you? Uh, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's Zwift not enforcing categories in races. <laughs> yeah, that that old favorite. Yeah. Right now, if I'm a super strong rider, even if I have a proven track record of high wattage rides and races in Zwift, I can still jump into any race and compete at a lower category like a C or a D or a B. Zwift has zero enforcement of categories, no in-game recommendations based on your historic power numbers or race results, no automatic removal from the results even at the end of the race. Nothing. A year ago, when when esports first started ramping up, it, this was kind of in the "wouldn't it be nice" sort of category. But today, it's it's turned into like it, it's a complaint meme. I think among Zwifter. I mean, it, it literally there is a meme about it. It is. Well, there's a, there's a very entertaining meme on the Zwift uh, Zwift venting uh, Facebook group, which uh, tickles me every single time yeah. I see it. Actually, which is it has been no days since the last complaint about the absence of auto but you know the thing with that meme is it does catch uh, it catches a bit of a trend and and something in the air that that really really is time to do something about this now and it's something I'm definitely going to take up with with Eric Min when uh, hopefully we sit down for our big annual chat. I mean, I I don't get it, Eric. Actually, I mean, I I do get that that companies don't want to do things that upset subscribers. I mean, I really get that. And, and you've got to kind of treat your subscribers because they're terribly valuable to you with, with kid gloves. But but to me, this is causing more upset now than it ever would, would if I got a message in game that said you've entered as a C and you really ought to be a B. I absolutely agree. I think, you know, I think on the very easiest level, you could just base it off of the FTP that people have entered into the game because even that would be better than doing nothing. So, yeah. and I'm convinced that a lot of Zwifters, they don't even know that they're entering the wrong category. They just, they're just being blase about it. They're just clicking a category. But if, if Zwift was to pop something up and say, your FTP is this and you chose this, that's the wrong category, or just not even give them the option of the other categories. Here's your category based on your FTP, join the race or not. That, that has to be better than what they're doing now. Uh, yeah, and I, I, it's a good idea, that, because that would give some flexibility. Because if, I mean, there are days, we've all had them, when you, th you think, oh, God, I really don't want to race B today. I'm feeling like 
death warmed over, you know, but I do want to turn my legs over. So, I mean, I guess if you, if they, they use the system you just described there, well, then just you temporarily lower your FTP, you know. Who yeah, cares? just force them to even to actually think about it and say, you know what, I'm going to change my FTP to change my category so that it's, mm. you know, there actually is an action required on the user's part if they want to do it. That mm. seems like a, an easy place to start. What it ruins is the D and C races mostly. Which is the mass of Zwifters. That's, that's the mass of Zwifters. And those are the Zwifters that we're trying to encourage the most to race. You know, they're the ones that are, they don't have a lot of experience in it a lot of times and they get they get discouraged. But I mean, how discouraging is it when you enter your first D race and the winner, the quote winner is, is doing five watts, doing five watts yeah. or even 3.5 yeah. watts, you yeah. know, which just yeah. destroys a D race. It, it is a baffling one, actually. And and even if Zwift told us why they weren't doing it, you know, gave their rationale for it, I, 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 I think it would do something to assuage people's kind of bafflement about it but hey maybe eric's saving it for his saving all that for his set piece interview with the Zwiftcast. who knows who knows <laughs> i know that there's i know zwift is is talking about it i saw i saw a post from west salmon on the support forums about how they realize it's an issue and they're working on it but the the way the posts were worded it sounded to me like they were they were in the early stages like it wasn't you know, hey, we have a solution and we're working on coding it. It's more like we're still trying to figure out how to do this, how to how it's best implemented, which obviously is one stage in the whole thing. But my goodness, it's it's time to get something implemented. It's overdue that one, even some kind of like update from them. It would would be would be very welcome, I think. Anyway, we shouldn't really be spend disproportionate amounts of time on the things that annoy us when mostly this year. Swift has brought me joy, and I, I, I'm sure you would you would probably say the same. Absolutely, yep. Excellent. Okay, well, you're always a very welcome guest. Uh, Eric always make very considered, valid, and interesting points. Um, I'd like, uh, given the time of year, I'd like to wish you and your family a uh, happy and peaceful holiday season. Doing anything special? You know, we're not. We're uh, we're staying staying at home this this time around, having some family over, I'm sure. But uh, it's going to be. It's going to be a, a more sedate Christmas, I think. It's been a it's been a wild year. So, yep, nice traditional one, uh, pretty much for us too as well. Um, uh, lovely. Thanks for all your contributions to the Zwiftcast and indeed, of course, to the Zwift community over the course of 2019. I'm sure we'll talk in 2020. Uh, have a happy Christmas holiday season and a great New Year, and we'll talk again in 2020. Thank you, Simon, and Merry Christmas to you as well. Right on. Right, boys, your turn. So a slightly different format for you two. I have asked you to think, I've given you time, you've done your homework. I've asked you to think of one thing that you've really enjoyed about Zwift this year and one thing that you'd really like to see Zwift implement in 2020. So we'll do it in turn. Uh, Shane, first, please, the thing you've really enjoyed. It's a really hard one to come up with one specific thing because Zwift is a rolling update. There's no version numbers for Zwift. We're not on Zwift 3 or 4 or 5. It's just Zwift. So I try to put some timelines on what was released this year. Uh, there's a lot to it. But look, I've got to come back to what I use Zwift for. And it's my tool and it's a utility to test trainers and power meters. And the best course for that the start of Titan's Grove. You start on the desert course, you turn left, it's rolling, rolling, rolling. It stresses every trainer. It heats them up, it cools them down, the cadence is tested, it's up and down, and there's a two-minute climb right at the end where at the end you perform a spin down and then you get to roll through some dinosaurs. So for me, it's Titan's Grove. That's what I've really enjoyed. That's a really good pick. Yeah, that's a really good pick. I actually rode that. Uh, for the first time for ages, don't know why. I've just not been riding it recently the other day. And that it's a great, great piece of Watopia, that. Good pick, Shane, yeah. And there's corners and there's people flying the other way and you pass people and people pass you. Then there's the mountain bike off to the side as well. It's it's a, just a bit of fun. As for what I'd like to see implemented in the game in 2020, I would like to see, again, back to the hardware side of things, it's my bread and butter, it's my daily grind. I'd like to see implementation of hardware working from day zero. For, upon release of the new hardware, I want to see that integrated in-game. I want to see the new Neos have road feel straight away. I want to see these new smart bikes operate with the buttons straight away in-game. I want to see the displays. Um, I'd also like to see other hardware integrated, such as power meter, left, right, balance, power meter, cycling dynamics. It's just a little bit more use of the hardware we already have. So hopefully in 2020, there's a little bit more, I guess, 
yeah, smoothness with um, implementation of new things. Maybe not necessarily 100% Swift's responsibility, but I think what you're saying is you want to see closer and probably, here's the keyword, faster cooperation between Swift and the, and the hardware companies. Absolutely. Yes, that's it. Nathan, uh, let's start with the thing that you really loved about Zwift in uh, 2019. I would say there's a lot of things that I wanted to talk about, but the one thing <laughs> I'm going to land on is mountain biking and steering. And that that right. was really fun. I haven't gone back to it a whole lot because it's short and it's, um, you know, it's kind of more of a test thing, but I, like to expand on that. And I felt like the creativity there and it is a, how can I say this? All of the other features are, and all of the other things have already been done. They're, they're, they're kind of just revamping of things that are already existing in Zwift in some ways, you know, this is something completely new. And so um, that new experience was really, really cool. The idea of being able to hit certain parts of the course and being able to interact with the course in some sort of a way. I liked it that there was a new cog in there completely. There was a new nuts and bolts in there completely. That's what I really, really liked about it. That's an, that's another good pick. And, and the reason I think that's another good pick, not only for all the reasons you've said there, but also for the potential that was you know, previewed in that, you know, there were so many new things in that little bit of experimental track um, and things we've, we've, we've particularly on the Zwiftcast wanted to see for ages and ages. Yep. Agreed. Very good pick, Nathan. And the thing you'd like to see them do in 2020. I would like, so, okay. There's a lot of different things that I'm like thinking about that. I just want to whinge about a little bit, but only one, you're only one, thing, one thing I come back to over and over and over again and it's what I tried doing with test labs a little bit is we got to look back at the nuts and bolts of what is going on with the pack and the rider interactions. Like we're going into these team points races and esports and these big uh, events or all this different kind of stuff. And we're, I, don't, I don't feel like we've actually gone back and actually looked at how is the game interacting and, and and is it even revealed to the riders how the riders are interacting i i, I said this about uh, all the game releases for any other competitive game they tell you exactly what the bullet damage is for every single gun they tell you exactly like you know what you're interacting with and how, why it happens personally i would really like to see the nuts and bolts of how the um pack and the, and, and the CDA and all of that is interacting in a way that feels really rewarding in a race situation and feels like it makes sense. I think what you're saying there is you would probably like, and, and the way this would have to do it, that's in a very Zwifty way, but you want a kind of visualization of what's happening in the pack in relation to where you are in the pack. So the very simplest illustration of, of that that I can think of, again, strangely enough, harking back to the old tax virtual world software if you were in the draft on that you got a fan that came on that gave you an indication you were in the draft and if you were only three quarters in the draft it was three quarters of a fan and half in the draft it was half a fan and that actually was quite an immersive little bit of of kit um so i, th I think it's it's something like that that you're, you're looking for and again i you know I'd, 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 I'd say that's a good pick and particularly in relation to the development of skill levels and interest for the participate for the spectator in esports that will that'll be great to see here's hoping okay well um very end of the year feel to this but we're at the end of the year so so there we go it's not surprising isn't it really but the end of the year data dump has come from strava to no one's surprise it shows that indoor cycling or virtual rides as they categorize it is on the rise the first year they did this back in 2015-16 Around 5.5% of all rides in winter were indoor this year. So actually, that's last January, last winter. The, um, the um, last, yeah, that, it's that 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 length of time they're using. It's up to 15% of all rides. So from 2015-16 to 2018-19, it's tripled. Well, not really surprising, I don't think at all. So in this period of reflection, let's reflect a bit more. Imagine that we're now heading for, oh, I don't know, 2025. Indulge me, fellas. Three, it's 2025. We're on the verge of 2025. And three software companies dominate the in, indoor landscape. Only three. Who are they? 
let's just take it as read that one will be swift. It's really, really hard not to see that being the case. But um, Shane, we're on the verge of, of 2025, halfway through the next decade. Only two other software companies have survived. Who would they be? Oh, this is a very interesting one. So I'm going to go what I know currently with the usage of people that we converse with, obviously online and in the forums and things. One of those would have to be Trainer Road for sure. I think Trainer Road have it absolutely nailed when it comes to training and just the specific requirements of getting faster. That's their core of everything they do just getting you faster they do that really well um there's no graphics to it as in like there's no 3d graphics to it there's no social aspect of it but they survive and they do really really well now the next one i say one lap out of china uh interesting choice yeah interesting choice that is this kind of slips under our radar here you might keep a closer eye on it although i did see a bit video from it the other day and actually it looks on the video the racing pigs <laughs> <laughs> they were on they were literally on the year of the pigs yeah. something to do with china it's gotta be like something cool <laughs> they have the coolest events <laughs> if any listener knows jump in the Zwiftcast uh, facebook page and let us know what the significance of the pigs are on the one lap page where they're racing or riding the pigs in the peloton it was very bizarre we can laugh at it but obviously there's some sort of significance there um but i think that's a sleeper look let's just say the the asian market really takes off and the china market really takes off we might not even see it because it's behind a firewall or something like that, um, that could be really well. Now, One Lap was Zwift's most complete competitor for a long time. They've recently pivoted to be more of a Peloton model, but also have, still have the racing esports model. Um, they had uh, national affiliates with their race, this China Cycling a long time ago. Um, they've got races and everything. We just don't see a lot of it. So, yeah, that's that's my two. So, Trainer Road and One Lap in 2025. Is this one of these things where we check back in a couple of years and we see how we've gone? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> well, if we're all still here, who knows? <laughs> Five years is a long time. <laughs> um, but I I, uh, I, think they're great picks, actually. Really good picks. I mean, I, I totally get the logic on that. I completely agree with you on Trainer Road. You know, I think a lot of people keep that, even if they even if they swift, uh, because they're just focused. They do one thing and one thing really well. And um, obviously, one lap, you know, China, it does appear to be still around. And let's not forget that China is the most humongous market. I mean, there are just so many people there. So, yeah, good logic there, Shane. Nathan, I'm guessing you kind of got to agree with Trainer Road One. I mean, I'm putting words in your mouth, but but who who for you would be the two the two other survivors? Yeah, that's what I, I was going to say up front. If not Trainer Road, something like Trainer Road that just focuses completely on getting fast. Like that's all it's about. It's just about getting your workout in, um, and uh, it's completely workout focused and really sells on that point. Doesn't have anything to do with gaming, virtual world, or anything like that. Um, the I I think I. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be one lap, but I think it's someone who's not in the market right now or it's, mm -hmm. it's something that's like, I, I think that there is a lot of potential like an apex that came out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, but like EA was working on it in the background and suddenly just took over the battleground genre completely. Um, you know, so uh, we were in the very early days still, PUBG, you know, if, if I go to a gaming world analogy or, or looking at it, even before PUBG, there were other battleground um, kind of betas that had come out and it took about five, six, seven, even 10 years. And now we're at a place where we have Apex um, and uh, PUBG and, you know, a couple other battlegrounds that are all kind of fighting for that space, but Apex is at the top and they're a AAA company, AEA Sports, it's in the game. How long have you heard that for? Right? Like, and they saw an opportunity and they grabbed it. So I see one lap in that same kind of space a little bit, but they're very much a very small company from what I can see. Um, they could be the, the PUBG of that whole thing because they did grow in the Asian market first. PUBG did. It, it wasn't uh, an Asian uh, company that launched this, like, and, and, and Asia would actually be the place to grow the most, I think, actually, because of their very much, I mean, did you see SEA? We, we, I, we were in some chats. The SEA Olympics, uh, Southeast Asian Olympics, had esports in them. Their test events this past October, uh, straight up like Arena of Valor and uh, Rocket League were in their Olympic test events. Like, so um, 
I think there's a reality that a company like one lap or something like that might come out of the woodwork and be like, bam, where did you come from? Cause we're yeah. not even paying attention to that market or we don't know how to even pay attention to that market. And then all of a sudden it's huge. Um, in an area that specifically Zwift's trying to compete in, which is esports. obviously Zwift then would be the third one, uh, as they completely own the market right now. Well, I'm pretty much consensus there. I think from the three of us, um, Zwift and trainer road, I think all three of us think are definitely still going to be around 2025. And, uh, I, I do think it's a very good point. You both raise on the Asian market, you know, it will be hard to see something that's not either springing from or catering to that enormous, enormous market. Um, or, or, you know, maybe maybe that will be swift. Uh, we know that uh, they've, they've, they're, they're, they're making some inroads in the east in, in Japan. It'd be interesting to see how that develops. But, um, yeah, yeah. Maybe if there's still a Zwiftcast in 2025, we will come back and listen to episode 74 and see how wrong we all were. Um, <laughs> I notice and, uh, none of us uh, mention Peloton. Maybe that's because we don't see that as a software company more. We, we see it as a hardware company. And none of us mention um, Rogue Grand Tours, which actually had its official, official launch. There seem to have been a lot of RGT launches, but this seemed to be the official launch this week. Um, so that seemed to me to be a good opportunity to jump on and have a go, which I did yesterday. Not the most pleasant experience, I'm afraid to say, guys, at RGT, if you're listening to this. Um, I had three long dropouts where the app on my phone was no longer talking to my screen. Um, and that was that was kind of annoying. And then uh, and then a complete freeze. It, it, it just it doesn't look ready to me. I mean, there's, there's some quite nice things about RGT, but it, it just doesn't look ready to me. Shane, you had a, a, a pop of tea yet? Yeah, look, I've had a look at the architecture change that they've went to a while back. Now, if people aren't aware, what they've gone to is a split model of your computer or your screen runs RGT screen, which is just the display. That's it. So your Windows machine, your Mac, your iPad, whatever you're running, it's just the screen. On the mobile device, that's RGT Cycling. Or I forget what the actual app is called, but there's a second app that you run on the mobile, which is your control app. That's your interaction with everything via the mobile app. So think of Zwift running on your main screen and you can only control it via Zwift Companion. That's a little clunky. Uh, it's a bit of future mm. think um, in regards to putting things up in the cloud and having the controller there. So I get where they're going with that. Implementation-wise, is it's it's a hard learning curve for people to, or a steep learning curve, I guess, uh, for people to get their heads around how it works. And Simon, as you've experienced there, when there's dropouts on the app, that's that's game stopping literally. Whereas if there's dropouts for companion, yeah, 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 yeah no, it stopped my avatar. Stop peddling. Yeah, my avatar stopped peddling. You know, but but the, the, the weird thing was that they when I carried on peddling. I could see the watts I was generating and the speed I was generating in my heartbeat in the app, which appeared to be still running, but my avatar on the screen was dead. So it was obviously a communication issue between the between the app and the screen, which just looked to me to be a huge point of, of vulnerability. Yeah, I think they're ahead of the game. I really do think they're ahead of the game in regard to the architecture they're using. Maybe in five years, when, we, when we're back in 2025, let's let's revisit this. Um, <laughs> because we're looking at Google Stadia um, that runs everything in the cloud and just sends down the image or the images to you. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's still only 2019. We're still running trainers and power meters that are based on technology that's probably 10 years old now ant plus bluetooth smart is it ready to take the next leap not quite and simon as an experienced user you're encountering those issues it's a bit of a problem i mean you know i, I don't know if there's something wrong with my setup but you know i've got a modern phone I've got, I've, I've, you can't plug it in there's something wrong with every setup you cannot plug in we're back <laughs> <laughs> we're back to our love of cop give me a copper cable and preferably one with a backup as well and and uh, you know i mean it sounds luddite and neanderthal but hey you know i still love it that i've got an ethernet cat5 cable plugged into the back of my pc that runs swift and that cable is connected to my router and that's connected to the internet all by copper cable and that just gives me a huge amount of reassurance and it also gives me zero dropouts you know and i know it sounds hideously old-fashioned but to me to have a game that 
you know, like, like like you say, Shane, he's a complete showstopper. If my phone stops talking to my PC, it just seems, I don't know, just seems risky see, to and me. The, all the, I don't know, all the real gamers in the house are looking at you going, okay, <laughs> Boomer, like you think Wi-Fi is so cool. <laughs> like, it's not that cool for trying to actually game. Like if you want to actually play the game in a way that's competitive, you have to be plugged into the wall because you will never have a dropout. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering when we're going to hear OK Boomer on the Zwiftcast. Excellent use of it there, Nathan. Well done, mate. Well done. Well done. OK. Um, well, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't mean to be harsh on RGT. I'm sure people will think, oh, he's a Swift shill and, you know, he's, he's knocking the opposition. But no, I, I, I went into it, you know, fair minded as a consumer. And, and, and it wasn't a, a great experience. I'm sorry, guys. I, you know, I, I kind of wish it would, would, would have been because, like everybody, I like to see a bit of competition. But. No, it was a bit of a fail for me, I'm afraid. Uh, I will, I will, I'll try again. I'll try again and report back. Okay, well, let's move on. Still in, still in reflective mo- uh, mood. 2020 will bring a third sport to Zwift. Uh, we will definitely see rowing, I think, before too long, and even if it starts small and experimental. But what might be on the cards for Zwift's second sport, running? I sat down with Zwift's relatively recently appointed VP of running, Mike McCarthy. Now, the last episode, the last Swiftcast episode, has this interview in in full. So if you're interested in that, seek it out. I mean, it really is aimed pretty squarely at runners because there's lots and lots of detail in there that I think perhaps cyclists might not be too interested in. But um, uh, for those that may have skipped it, I did think it was useful, useful to have a fairly heavily edited version of that full interview in this episode because I've tried to concentrate on the areas where running and cycling crossover and what running what impact running uh, may have on cycling in Zwift. And those are the bits of the interview I've chosen to put in this edit. Here it is. I always ran in my off seasons. You know, I've run sub 36 for 10K. I've run, you know, just missed the uh, breaky three hours for marathon, 122 for a half. So, but but I'm also really, really good at running 10 minute miles, you know, at, at this stage of the game. We get the idea and, you, and you've convinced me. Okay. But so the second bit of the question, why take this job? Well, I think, you know, within Zwift, um, I'm regarded as, as um, you know, someone who's non-abrasive um, and, and can usually uh, build consensus pretty well. I also have uh, a passion for goals and, and achieving goals. And I can also be pretty annoying, uh, annoyingly persistent. Uh, when it comes to, to trying to achieve things. So I think Eric looked at, at, at those three factors and I thought, wow, it'd be pretty awesome to be able to run a business here. So when Eric came and, and, uh, and approached me with the idea, I was all over it. You know, it's, it's certainly not without risk. We, we have a lot of work to do, but uh, in terms of potential, uh, it's pretty massive. I think it would be fair to say, Mike, that running on Zwift has got off to a slow start. Now, you know, that might well be deliberate. But is your appointment now a signal that, you know, this is the kind of turbocharged boost pressed for for, for, for running on Zwift? You know, running started off as, as an Easter egg in the game. It was an experiment. Um, John... Uh, was 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 playing around, wanted to start doing some running, uh, but but once uh, uh, somebody exposed that Easter egg at at Eurobike, the community got hold of it. You know, the next day there was a, a, a Zwift Runners group on Facebook, and we were off to the races. So you know, it was a blessing and a curse. It forced our hand a little bit to start thinking about a second product, um, but at the same time couldn't deprioritize cycling because cycling was, you know, a really fast growing community. Um, and truth be told, it kept the lights on. It still keeps the lights on. So, so the question was, how do we fit a second, a, a second sport into Zwift? And, and the answer uh, until recently was, we're just going to put it out there and see what happens. And you're absolutely right. It has not, it has not gotten the same traction that, um, that, that cycling got in terms of numbers, but in terms of, of building um, a small but evangelical community, it's not dissimilar from what cycling was in the beginning. But look, running has Borg level support. It's got buy-in from everyone at Zwift. There's lots of great things going on. And if you think about it, like even Strava, it took them five years to crack running. So I think um, we're super early in this game. Uh, there's, there's great support for it and we're going to have a go. Obviously I'm generalizing here, but a lot, I I talk to a few runners and they say, Oh God, I would never, ever, ever do the treadmill. I just put on my running shoes and I go outside. I don't really care if it's raining. If I I quite like running in the rain, it it is going to be a more uphill battle, isn't it, Mike? 
I just think it's a different battle. The big thing with cyclists is they, there was a real desire to ride indoors if only there was the, you know, the right content solution. And we came along and, and provided that content solution. The, the treadmill for runners uh, is is an interesting thing. I mean, it's, there's it, there's no secret it's referred to as the treadmill. Whereas there's an there's a clear option for people cycling to ride indoors, and 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 that it's the better option. We need to build a product for running that actually compels people to run on a treadmill versus running outdoors. Right? We 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 want to give people an experience where they get off and. They say that was that was so much more fun than running outdoors, and look, we're not there yet. But but that's that that is that's my vision for for Zwift running. Uh, we know that Zwift is in the very very early stages of launching its own hardware division. Would Zwift ever make its own treadmill? I can tell you that that. Th- it's it's not happening in 2020. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> that yeah. much is sure. Um, but but you know it's it's uh, th- there are always scenarios to look at. There are builder buy scenarios, um, and I I think you know with this the FitTech group that we have now, um, nothing's off the table. But we often hear that the programmer's time is is not unlimited. I mean, it, it can't be. And cycling, as you say, keeps the lights on. Does that mean that that you have to fight for the resources that you need to make things happen with running? <clears throat> if I had to write my job description, um, that would probably be like the first bullet point is is you know ability to to fight for resources. There are some some major game overhauls that are happening that won't be specific to cycling or running. Um, we just launched. All the off-road stuff for cycling. I, I mean, that's where I try to get my foot in the door and say, okay, well, you know, what are we going to do for 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 running this month? But yeah, it is it is it is definitely a battle, and and also look, it's it's a battle in terms of priority. I I understand that you know we have 300 plus people now who get a paycheck every two weeks. That doesn't happen unless the cycling product, which is is you know where we make where we we keep the lights on. If that doesn't happen, if it's not great, I am fully fully behind the continued investment and, and build out of cycling. Um, I just basically, you know, beg, borrow and steal um, at this point until we have, until we have some dedicated resource for running. Yeah. But, but you do, I mean, you referred to it earlier in the interview, you do have like board level support, which must put some lead in your pencil, if you like. At the end of the day, everyone wants to see Zwift running succeed. Yeah, it's great to have that support for sure. And I don't think I'd be sitting in this position if, if we didn't. Well, if you listen to the full interview, guys, I don't, I don't know whether you did because none of us are runners. Um, but 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 if you did, I mean, what, the, the very, very strong message that came across from that is that Zwift is absolutely determined to make running a success. Shane, are they right to be so determined? They've chosen a challenge to make running a success. Um, winding back a little bit, where Zwift started, where the house was built, it was all around cycling and people were jumping at getting on the private beta, signing up and being on Zwift. And when we were on, we loved it. It finally brought our hardware to life. It made us go out and buy new hardware. It made us start Facebook groups. It made us start little chat groups. It made us start posting on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and everywhere all about it because the experience was awesome. We haven't seen that with running. It's a little bit there. It's probably 5% of that. Is 5% enough to make a business out of? Sure, because Zwift is pretty big. Uh, We're just not seeing that organic growth. So for them to make something of running at the corporate level, they're going to have to push, push, push really hard and do something significant. Maybe doing what they did for smart trainers, which really revolutionized the industry slowly. Maybe they could do that for treadmills and running and the blockers for running because treadmills are big, large, heavy things. But there's also that part of you can run any time of day. If it's you know bad conditions, put a hat on, run with a jacket. It's okay. Runners aren't really indoor runners. Maybe it's more focused around the training of running. Um, but I'd love to see them do something with hardware for the running side of things. So that's that's yeah. my take on it. it it's a challenge. Yeah, and all of that, that, that came across in the interview. And, you know, it was like the analogy I used in the interview with Mike, which was that when Zwift came along for cycling, it was like a dam bursting, you know, that massive amount of pent-up demand. People were clamouring to, to, to get get with the product, you know, and get with the programme. And, and, and that, that hasn't happened for running, but it doesn't mean that that has to be present, Nathan, for the product to be a success. It just means that to make the product a success may not be quite as 
I was going to say quite as easy. I don't think it ever was easy for Zwift to make cycling a success, but they they had those kind of tailwinds behind them. Whereas it, it feels like running, if maybe it hasn't got a headwind, but it just doesn't have those favorable tailwinds. Yeah, I think the approach with running needs to be a little bit different because I see Zwift as a feature to your running, whereas Zwifting for cycling is what you're doing. Um, so the idea being like, I could see, look, I'm going to run indoors or even outdoors, or I'm going to run and I have a community to go run with immediately. I have races to go do immediately. Um, but I think that there's going to maybe be some rights buys that have to happen. Like you said, get involved with the treadmills a little bit more. I think that if Zwift is on every treadmill at the local YMCA, that people will use it. I think that they will pay for it even. Um, maybe not quite as much as a regular Zwift subscription though. If it's an add-on at the local gym, like boom, you hit a button and next thing you know, you're, Zwift, you're Zwifting in a running race rather than doing the stupid pyramid thing that you have on the treadmill. You know what I mean? Like, so a more interactive running experience because there's plenty of people who are running indoors at lots of different places on treadmills and Zwift doesn't add an amazing experience to that. It's just how do you make that feature a uh, attractive thing and even known about, right? So there's, I think there's a lot more backend business networking that has to happen simply because there isn't a huge pent up demand, like you said, but it is an amazing feature that can be added to people's run. And I think that it would sell, it just has to do, uh, there's just a lot more footwork and heavy lifting that has to happen in order to get it to the running market is what we're seeing. But the runners who are on Zwift are super passionate about it. Yeah, they are. They love it. They absolutely love it. And and I think it will be a, a, a success eventually if Swift put enough resource behind it. And it looks to be to me as though they're doing exactly that. It just won't be the kind of overnight sensation, if you like, that, that cycling was and, and runaway success um, very quickly. Runaway success. Did I really say runaway success? No, <laughs> okay, boys. Well, well, that's it. That's it for 2019. That's it for quite a reflective end of year uh, episode. But, you know, you'd expect a bit of reflection this time of the year. Um, Christmas time beckons. I guess it's going to be all about keeping cool for you, Shane, by the sounds of things in Australia, which I have to tell you, you know, it's making, I don't know if it's making much of an impact on the news agenda in, in the States. Uh, Nathan, you've got other things to worry about right now, but um, it certainly, <laughs> oh, is, it certainly <laughs> is, it is here, uh, Shane. I had a very, very dramatic report yesterday about the the, the smoke in Sydney and the, the orange glow in the sky and tourists not being able to see the, the opera house and stuff because of the amount of smoke. Um, seems like the place is uh, burning up, man. Oh, look, that's Australia in summer and we love it. Um, if the animals aren't trying to kill tourists, it's trying to burn itself down and get us as well. Now, as we're, <laughs> as we're talking here, looking out the window, the sun sets here now at 8.45, I think, in the evening. However, the sun has just gone behind a massive smoke cloud because another bushfire started literally out my window, probably about 30 or 40 kilometres away, but it looks like the sun is setting early because of the fire. So, like, it's real. What you're seeing, it, it's quite dramatic. Of course, the news loves to make it dramatic. Not everything is yeah, dead. Yeah. It's close, though, and it's... It's very hot. <laughs> Dare I say bloody hot? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, too hot to ride, presumably, for you. If, we can, if you can get out early enough, absolutely. But if you see my Instagram today that I've posted up, I was out riding. I went out at pro hours, which is a bad time of the bad time of the day to go out, which is 9 o'clock onwards. Um, and then on one of the roads, the road workers were spraying down the roads and you know bedding down the road and doing some road works. And they had one of the spray water trucks there. And the guy saw me coming along on the bike and turned the water spray down. And I'm like, no, no, turn it up, turn no. it up. And I rode through it. I posted it to Instagram because I had the uh, the camera at the time and it doused me in water. If you ride smart, it's okay. I've been out with thermal bottles. Now you use thermal bottles in heat, hot and cold. Um, they work really well, knowing where your water holes are. And just like riding indoors, you have two or three bottles lined up. You plan your ride. So outdoors, I know where my watering holes are. I think we call them billabongs here in Australia, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I know where to get clean water from. Literally, it's from a tap. It's not really from the side of the road. No, um, no, no. And you just pick your time of the day. It's really good. It's also a challenge to yourself. Riding out in that heat, you've got to be a certain level of fitness. And it takes even more energy to do, but you've got to do it responsibly. So that's the challenge with the Festi 500 coming up. Yep, and all his heat. Yeah, yeah. And Christmas, Christmas Day for you. I mean, a bit of a special one, really, with the arrival of uh, young Maxwell. 
Oh, he saw his first Santa yesterday at uh, Veronica's work's Christmas party. So he took him in and sat him on Santa's lap and he started bawling his eyes out. Ah, oh, it was brilliant. It was really good. So we can't, look, can't, uh, can't wait for it. We've got a lot of family in town. 35 people at Christmas dinner. So it should be good. Wow. You've become very mellow since you've become a father, Shane. I've noticed this. You've really awesome. mellowed out, actually. You've really <laughs> mellowed out. Uh, for us old hands, Nathan, uh, we're not not quite the novelty of uh, of a first Christmas as as a father. Uh, both my kids are home from university, which will be lovely. They're bringing respective um, boyfriends and girlfriends, so we we've, we've kind of got a, a house full at Christmas, but that will be lovely. Your plans? Uh, Star Wars with my mom's. That's going to be fun oh, with all the kiddos. Cool. So that's always something that my mom's likes. That she likes to take us to whatever the thing the releases are. Uh, for the movie, uh, for the movies are, and we got a large family um, as well. Gatherings, I think we do like three or four Christmases actually, with how many grandchildren and different. It's it's kind of crazy. So it's a lot, a lot of. Um, I don't want to call it running around because it's really awesome uh, seeing everybody, but there'll be lots of different celebrations. So. Um, but, uh, I'm watching that video actually Shane on Instagram right now and it's actually hilarious. The Aussie accent. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or I don't know how to do your Aussie accent, but you're like, yeah, bring it. It's actually really great. That, uh, well, listen, a, a, a bit of a round of thanks. Uh, thanks. Thanks to you two, you know, for 2019, always there, always, always, always present, always interesting, always cogent on, on the Zwiftcast and, and, uh, both me and all the listeners, are always very grateful for your contribution. So thank you very much. Um, I should also, of course, say thanks to the listeners. Um, quite a few people contact me privately and say how much they enjoy the Zwiftcast. And, I, you know, uh, I'm not fishing for those messages. <laughs> really, really not. But they, but they mean a lot to me when uh, when people find me on kind of PM and, and, and say how much they enjoy the Zwiftcast. And that's always that's always great for me. Uh, so a uh, successful 2019 for all of us, I think. Uh, bumping my road, which happily is, is behind me now. So that was good too. Uh, looking forward with anticipation and expectation 2020. Thanks, guys. Have a peaceful, as much as you can with kids involved, a peaceful Christmas. <laughs> And uh, maybe a restful new year. And I'll look forward to talking to you in 2020. Merry Christmas. Merry Zwiftmas. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Talk next time. And last, but by no means least, I should also thank Zwift, of course, for their continued and appreciated support of the Zwiftcast. That carries the usual little reminder for listeners that that support does not mean that Zwift influences what we say on the Zwiftcast. That's up to us. Happy Christmas. Thank you for listening this year. See you next year.